the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but show up ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy. And today we're going to tell you all about our adventures with the Church of Christ Scientists. Yes, also known as the Christian Scientists. Also known as Val Kilmer. Yes, they also go by that (laughs) name. All of them together. Collectively Uh, known as Val Kilmer. Yes, when raised to perfection, become Val Kilmer. Christian science. Christian science. I think we all have kind of a basic understanding of it. I went into it just knowing, oh, they're really big on health and Mm -hmm. like healing spiritually and not going to doctors. Yeah, I think that's all you really hear about them is like they don't go to doctors and we thought it's got to run deeper than that. Yeah. Yeah. What is the science that they so Christianize? Originally, I would have thought that people were saying it was all about healing and health, but I thought, oh, we're going to find out that really they say so much more. Yeah, exactly. And that's maybe like, 5% 5% of what they have to say. Right. On, how many times can you say that disease is fake or that you shouldn't, you go shouldn't to the get vaccinations or whatever? And so we went and found out that, indeed, that is, that pretty, is much pretty much all what they, they talk, talk about. about. Oh. Yeah. Which, you know, makes me just think, okay, this is just what it's like to live in like the 1500s or something. Mm. Where, I mean, like, this is the thing to worry about. If you can't handle disease, if right. you're not able to use any medicines, yeah, this should probably be the foremost thing in your mind. Right. And I can almost think of ways that would be sensible. Mm-hmm. There's that famous quote that before the 1920s, you were just as well off not going to a doctor as you were going to a doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, your chances of being harmed by the encounter were mm-hmm. pretty high. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe it was just a holdover from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there's a lot more going on here. Yeah, this isn't all just worrying about ending up like George Washington covered in leeches. So the first time we went was to the 10th. 10th Church of Christ Scientist. Yes, it was down off of Santa Monica Boulevard. Now don't this is only the 10th in California. Yeah, I, I got all excited because, you know, you always see the First Baptist Church. Right. You know. There's a lot of First Baptists. Ex- it's always very suspicious. Exactly. So one time when my sister and I were on a road trip with my parents, we were in LaGrange, Texas. Mm-hmm. And the little pious children that we were, I was maybe 10 and she was 14. We wandered off around town to find a church that we could attend on sure. Sunday morning. Everybody else is like, yeah, we're going to rest. And we're like, no, we need to be <laughs> at church. It's a day of rest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we wandered around and we found the Second Baptist Church of LaGrange. And we thought that was the most amazing thing in the world. Like, wow, they admitted it. They weren't the first. <laughs> And so when we found this 10th Church of Christ scientist, Christ comma scientist, Mm -hmm. I was all excited. And yeah, we asked later after we'd attended a 10th and a 13th, oh, is that like in the world? And no, as you say, it's only in Los Angeles area. Yeah, yeah. One very helpful woman told us that in Los Angeles, that had actually been the largest grouping of churches ever, and they'd gotten to like 43. So all the churches in LA combined, you're saying? Yeah, they got to like the 43rd was in Woodland Hills or something. Wow. Yeah, but now a lot of we them... We should start the 44th. Yeah, I asked her that because she said some of them go out of business, mm-hmm. close down. So it's like, well, then do you take over the 5th now that the 5th is gone? <laughs> Does everyone slide up a notch? And she's like, no, it doesn't work that way. Right. So yeah, it would be the 44th. And you know, it's very important that you say things right in this church because there's yeah. a lot of little names and labels you need to... No. It's definitely a jargony mm-hmm. church where you can tell like, oh, this person I'm speaking with is a Christian scientist, mm-hmm. and they're using that language that right. they've been raised with. Like we're all 
suppose if you needed a coat, and I, I lent you a coat, would you say I was giving you a treatment? No, I wouldn't Most call it that. Most people wouldn't, but you know who would? A Christian scientist. A Christian scientist. Yeah, they use treatment for like everything. And and would you say that if you averted a rain clouds coming to your party, would uh-huh. you say that was oh, a that's healing? Absolutely. Oh, that yeah, that's a treatment, a healing, absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well then You've you might be a Christian your party scientist. Of the rain. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the first meeting we went to was a Wednesday night testimony service. Right. And we, right away, we amped it up to 10. We were like, all right, it's a healing testimony service. Let's yank this up to 10 and bring Carrie's good friend, Lawrence, who has cerebral palsy and see how they treat him. (laughs) So we brought a man with the palsy, which is funny because as we were walking in, they just started and they're reading a verse from Mark where they talk about Jesus healing a man with the palsy. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And they kept saying, the palsy. (laughs) The palsy. Yeah. Like the bears. That's like, uh, yeah, Goofy used to be called the Goof. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know this that. This is original name, so. That's yeah, what... that does sound really outmoded now. I don't know why. <laughs> I guess we don't use the anymore. Right. The is so old school. Which reminds me, uh, we are totally in King James territory with the mm. Christian scientists. That was their favorite translation. They are sticking with it. Mm-hmm. I had emailed ahead of time okay. and said, I'm trying to remember this exactly, but oh, I yeah. said, like, I'm bringing my friend who has cerebral palsy. He's interested in Christian science and the whole healing aspect. Mm-hmm. Is it like basically just is it appropriate? Is this the right thing to to invite him to? Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, yeah, you know, we've had many people with the palsy. Come, <laughs> come, you should bring him. So my friend Lawrence is one of God's most amazing children, may I say. <laughs> he works in disability rights. He also works in animal rights. He's just like a really cool dude. And he's totally up for this. He was like, yeah! Yeah, we warned him because we've brought people to places before they've gotten mad. Right, right. With warning and everything, but we've put right. them in the lion's den and then they've quickly been like, why did I do this to myself? And uh, and he's like, no, I'm cool with it. And he yeah. totally was, too. Yeah. Was, oh, yeah, he has he a great a sense of humor. So he was in town from Washington, D.C., where he lives. And you hadn't met him before. No, my first, first time meeting, meeting Lawrence. So we bring him in. <laughs> and, like, you can feel everyone just like, there he is. There's the man with the palsy. Because like, we walk in and Yeah, what down. few people were there. Right. So right. we've seen two of their churches from the inside now. There's this uniformity across mm-hmm. all the churches and how they conduct their services and the text that they use. It's all uniform across, you know, all of their churches. And, and even the page numbers are the same. Yeah. Oh, right. Even in their, their main book that we'll talk about. So they're like the only people who can still use that, like, look at page 132 of George Orwell's 1984. And you're like, come on. Yeah. That's st- yeah. How Which am I edition find is this? that? Yeah. <laughs> right. But they can do it. But yeah, even if it's this big leather bound one, it's still going to mm-hmm. it's gonna have these gigantic <laughs> margins. Hu- and huge letters. <laughs> right. Just so it can uh, match the other books. So we sit down. It's a, a very modern architecture inside, wood paneling everywhere and kind of curved surfaces. Mm-hmm. Clearly a lot of money went into this, a lot of glass and metal. I don't know why I always remember this when I'm picturing this place, but it had these big like troughs with plants in them separating us, the congregation, from the preacher type person in the front yeah there was this gigantic like wooden embankment yeah. <laughs> almost and i i had to walk up afterwards figure out what it was it was the organ pit all uh, right it was a subterranean organ with a guy playing it down there uh-huh. which is really interesting oh yeah some of you with church experience may remember like this place where they'd put up numbers so they have mm-hmm. three numbers on either side yeah what do they call that 
Uh, someone's gonna know. Yeah, uh, it's gonna. It must be called like the hymn something. It's got to be a term for it. But yeah, yeah, it's the numbers of the hymns that you're looking mm-hmm. at that particular day. Mm-hmm. And then they've got a quote from the Bible on one side and a quote from Mary Baker Eddy on the other. <gasps> Who's Mary Baker Eddy? <gasps> Mary Baker Eddy. Well, she is the discoverer and founder. Of Christian science. And you know that because they repeated it after her name every single time they said it. Well, nearly. Oh, you mean Mary Baker Eddy, the discoverer and founder of Christian science? (laughs) Literally in the same service, they they would read... A bunch of quotes by her, like maybe 20 in a service. And before three quarters of them, they would say, it's Mary Baker Eddy, the founder and discoverer of Christian science, once said. <laughs> well, I, I, I think they just love parentheticals in general. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why just read a sentence all the way through when you could stop yourself two or three times in the middle of that sentence? They love an M dash. Add an additional clause, <laughs> then come back to what you're saying, and then go on another diversion and come back so yeah. that your sentence is important. Possible to parse later on. Absolutely. An emotional M-dash. So at this first testimony meeting that we were going to, it turns out that this sort of meeting isn't about healing people there in the flesh. It's about hearkening back on healings that you've had or seen happen yes, and sharing them with the community. And you might think, why is this necessary? If someone gets their arm healed, won't we all hear about it? Someone, you know, loses a limb and it grows back. I think I'll hear about that in the Daily Inquirer. But no, because they're reporting things like, I lost a pair of keys and found them. Oh, it was so boring. Like, people were talking (laughs) about their day at work, essentially. Yeah. And like, so this lady from accounting, uh, we were in a meeting together, and I was was presenting the weekly reports. And, uh, well, that's what I do as part of my job. I, I assemble the weekly reports and they talk about, you know, mm-hmm. gross statistics of imports. Uh, you know, we deal with grain and you're just going like, get to the Why? point. Why? And then finally saying, and then, uh, you know, Janice, this woman, uh, you know, she was treating Which me Which is meanly. funny because my wife's name is Janice, but that's not important. <laughs> And each one is a good four to five minutes of just uh-huh. like, why are you even talking? Uh, but you, you realize these might be people who no one wants. Lonely. Yeah, yeah. They've got no one to hear them. And now they get to show up at church with 12 other people in a giant auditorium. Yeah. And uh, share their most boring stories I ever. Was telling you, it reminded <laughs> me of Al-Anon. I went with my friend Al-Anon twice. And yeah, you just feel so bad for a few people because once it got to be their turn. They'd talk for 20 minutes because this is the only time they get to get shit off their chest. Right. And every story seemed to have a moral that was either I'm better than everybody else because I'm applying these (laughs) principles Mm -hmm. or I have a really hard time reconciling that this person was kind of a jerk to me. Oh, But uh, God doesn't make jerks. Right. And so... So I thought about it. So I realized that they weren't actually a jerk. And I am huge. So here we arrive at the main theology of Christian science. Yeah. And that is that this world, this material world that we live in, I'm looking... We don't. Yes. It's an (laughs) illusion. Yeah. It is a mist. This already starts to be confusing for me. Yeah. Um, It's sort of like Plato's allegory of the cave. Okay. It's like... Our spiritual beings are out there in eternity, what someone might call heaven, but they would or wouldn't, I don't know. That's where our souls really are. But we're sort of currently in this delusion that we're in the material plane. I don't know why we have said delusion, but we do. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And 
since we're already perfect in eternity, anything that we experience that seems bad here on earth is just further illusion. This is the truth that Mary Baker Eddy discovered. The discoverer and founder of Christian science? That Mary Baker okay. Eddy. So she was reading through the Bible and she learned these truths that uh, when God created the world in Genesis 1, we were all perfect. She got to the first chapter of the first book and she's like, I got it, babe. <laughs> Figured it out. No problem. Genesis one twenty seven, made in the image of God. Okay, close book. And then, you know, of course, God is spirit. And so that's how we were created. We were created as spiritual beings, not material beings. God cannot create material because he is spirit. Right. And then she got to Genesis 2 and she's like, well, this is misguiding, a myth. That, oh, right. that we fell, that uh, anything bad happened after that initial creation. Right. So I guess they don't believe the Bible is inerrant, guess I not. guess. Well, or maybe they just think that's an allegory, but not even of They believe sin. that Mary Baker Eddy's take on the Bible is beyond reproach. Right. And so, but the Bible itself... is. I, I would... I don't know if they haven't used the word inerrant, but I imagine they would say, yeah, it's perfect. It's just you need to read it properly. Yeah, I'm just wondering, what do they say about second Genesis? Like, is that just... That makes me want to look up on the Bible, because I don't think the fall actually happened until chapter three. Yeah, because I, yeah, I think you're right about that, because in chapter two, don't you just get the new version of the creation? It's a second creation story. Yeah, but they, they were saying Genesis two to us, and I kept thinking, wait a second, isn't the fall in chapter three? All right. Oh, yeah. Uh, chapter three, temptation in the fall. All right. Sorry, Christian scientists. Read your Bible. Well, she didn't get past chapter one, so. Yeah. So her, her whole take on this is that these things that we see and feel and experience in the material world are simply delusions. They're mm-hmm. wrong thinking in our minds. Mm-hmm. We weep because others weep. We yawn because they yawn. And we have smallpox because others have it. But mortal mind, not matter, contains and carries the infection. When this mental contagion is understood, we shall be more careful of our mental conditions and we shall avoid loquacious tattling about disease as we would avoid advocating crime. Neither sympathy nor society should ever tempt us to cherish error in any form. And certainly, we should not be errors advocates. And so if we think we experience disease or mm-hmm. pain mm-hmm. or suffering or evil, mm-hmm. well, God doesn't make those things. And so Here we, go. you're mistaken. There you go. Ta-da. So, I hope you're all feeling better now. This also seems to get pretty subjective, right? Like some people will think some things are bad and other people will think they're good. How do we know if those things exist? Like if I have a husband who you don't like, does he exist for me and not for you? Oh, that's sticky. Right? Well, I shouldn't be applying labels to him. Oh, because labels. Because maybe I think he's annoying, but God doesn't make annoying As people. As the discoverer and founder of Christian science, Mary Baker Eddy said, labels are bad. So I just need to come to realize that he's not actually obnoxious, mm-hmm. and he's not giving me a Dutch rub every time I see him. What's a Dutch rub? That's like where you uh, give someone a noogie. That's oh. another word for that. 
It's they, a much nicer word for it, isn't it? Vigorously rub your knuckles on their, on their, their hair. Their yeah. hair, yeah. Okay, weird. <laughs> it's a Dutch rub. Well, yes, that's what my imaginary husband does, and you don't like him, so he doesn't exist for you. My Not apologies pleasant. to any Dutch people out there, by the way. They get like Dutch angle, Dutch rub, Dutch treat. Well, Dutch tilt is good. I think a lot Dutch of those. Dutch treats. A lot yeah, of those. those are good, well, no, a Dutch treat is like, you know, someone being cheap. Like, oh, you oh, pay for really? yourself, I'll pay for oh, myself. Oh, I see. Yeah, well. We we love I and respect Dutch. the Dutch people. So we, we got through the service and they started with the singing and readings from uh, the Bible. And uh, we haven't mentioned science and health with key to the scriptures mm-hmm. by Mary Baker Eddy. Who's that? The discoverer and founder of Christian science. Oh, right, right, right. So they'll read the biblical passage, and then they'll read the correlative passage mm-hmm. from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures. I have to, I have to physically look at the book every time I want to say it because I cannot remember the title for you the know, life of me. I always add. I can remember it, but I always add an article. I always want to mm-hmm. say Science and Health with a Key to the Scriptures. Oh, okay, interesting. Because no, it's, it's, it's written like with Key to the Scriptures. Yeah, it's written by like by uh, Tarzan. Science and Health <laughs> with Key to Scriptures. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we listened to that whole thing, and then people told their horribly boring stories, and then they played the exit music, and immediately we were set upon by a bunch of church ladies. Well, yes. a couple church ladies. So they wait, wait, but you didn't say a lot of the readings were about healings of palsy. Yes, yeah, yeah. So they had planned. I think they they knew we were. Oh, coming because they, you'd you'd yeah. written them in advance. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we also later on went to a service and they read another verse about the palsy. You're so. right. Could have been a coincidence. They have a policy. (laughs) (laughs) Great. So uh, they immediately came to us. First question they ask, where are you from? Are Are you from from Los Angeles? Yeah, we are. Lawrence is from Washington, D.C. Oh, great. Well, we're going to get you a directory. You can look up practitioners in D.C. And we're going to get you literature. Come with us to the bookstore. So they were immediately excited. There were new faces in Mm -hmm. this fairly large auditorium. I think you could easily seat 250, 300 people in there. Yeah, I think so. But there's maybe 30. Not even that. I'd say like 15, 20, Mm -hmm. maybe at the most. Yeah, they come over and they're talking to us. The woman who is leading the service is uh, speaking to us and and kind of doing the lion's share of talking. Mm -hmm. And so we start asking questions. And a lot of what we've told you already, now we understand better. Mm -hmm. But they were starting to say these things as answers to our questions. And when you're not expecting it, you're just so confused. I was totally confused. Like, wait, what are you saying? I think I was more mad than you the first time. Okay. I I mean, maybe I had just read about it a little bit before I came or something. But I think I was piecing it together because I remember being furious when we left. Okay. I was just confused. Like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> Those are pretty much the two reactions that you would have if you didn't grow up in Christian science. We were asking them, okay, so uh, our friend Lawrence here, you know, what would a practitioner do Yeah, for him? And they were saying, well, first, we'd help you to realize that you're not actually sick. Uh-huh. And I was thinking, all right, maybe that means that they're saying, hey, you just need to learn to accept yourself. Right. That would be the nice version, right? And sure. I think I asked them this point blank. I was like, do you mean like uh, he's perfect as he is, like the way I love <laughs> him as he is, or he's perfect as he is, as in stand up straight? <laughs> You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and it turned out to be the second one. Right. And so, yeah, they're just saying, I, man, even now I have a really hard time parsing what they were saying. They were, At the same time, they were saying like, okay, if you change your frame of mind and your point of reference, they were using that term, mm-hmm. and realize that God does not make imperfect things, well then 
you will realize that you you don't have a disability. Right. And again, you want to be like, oh, okay, God doesn't make imperfect things. Oh, okay, so you made Lawrence like this. Rad. Yeah. Oh, that's not what you mean. You yeah. mean he's clearly imperfect, and so it must be a delusion. Yeah, and it's and it's all it's wrong thinking. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. But where in this does he get to cast aside his two crutches and walk mm-hmm. upright? Right. Uh, I don't know. Uh, there's no clear picture of this. And so they would say something directly contradictory to themselves and to your question. And then you just kind of sit there and go, wait, what just happened? Uh-huh. I was so confused. And they told him to start from the mindset that he, he they said, uh, just start thinking, I don't have what they told me I have. Right. <laughs> uh. And Carrie was saying, uh, you know, why? why then would someone have an issue from birth Mm because no one ever told them they had it. And they were saying, oh, well, sometimes it can be the wrong thinking of the parent. Parents. Can you imagine if you grew up in this and then you had a kid who has a disability and... Then you're you're, blaming yourself for thinking poorly about your child. You're told that A, the disability is horrible and B, you caused it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Terrible. Yeah. The implications are awful. It's totally a blame the victim kind of way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. For sure. So. And then managing to go back a generation. (laughs) Blame the victim and its parent. Right. (laughs) Right. So Lawrence is very sweet about this, saying, oh, okay, well, I'll look into it more. Thank you. There were a few moments, though, where they'd say something and there'd be like a deep pregnant pause. And then Lawrence would be like, I tell you, I'm having a problem with that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very honestly, like, okay, I mean, I'd have to square it away with this. And they would just Mm -hmm. say, you know what, the more you read, now I'm looking at it, science and health with key to the scriptures, Mm -hmm. uh, the The more more it will become clear. And they gave us all shiny blue copies of the book. They did, free books, hey. It's got a nice little seal on the front of it. It's like the official Christian science seal with a cross inside of a crown. Uh-huh. Very bejeweled crown. And it says around the sides, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, and cleanse the lepers. All right. Will do. All right. If I see any lepers. Yep. They're going to be cleansed. So we've had that now for quite a while. Mm-hmm. We've had our free copies. And Would they... you call this a leper con? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Kid. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it's Happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone. Yeah, speaking of which, they're kind of similar to what Bob Larson was saying with his, you know, do what Jesus did. Uh-huh. Because they really emphasize, oh, Jesus went around healing the sick. He raised from the dead at least one person, mm-hmm. two if you mm-hmm. count himself. And then he cast out demons. He spent a lot of his time casting out demons. And I think that's pretty honest of them. Yeah. Like, that's definitely a major focus. In but it turns out demons ministry. are just in your mind as well. Right. So then it gets real confusing. Oh, yeah. It gets real confusing real fast totally. on that one. But we'll get there because uh, we had a, a deep conversation yeah. with, with someone about that. Uh-huh. So after we had gone to that... That one with with Lawrence. Mm-hmm. After that, you and I started going to Sunday services. Right. And closer to home at the 13th Church of Christ mm-hmm. Scientist in beautiful... Los Files. Very similar building kind of layout architecture. Mm-hmm. I think they might have used the same architect yeah, uh, for it all seems of these. Like the, actually, same with the Mormon churches. A lot of those look pretty similar. Bible verse on one side, Mary Baker, Eddie Quote on mm-hmm. the other. Big God is love emblazoned above. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, very contemporary design mm-hmm. and a very and, empty church. Yeah, and no like crosses anywhere that I remember. Except in their logo. But yeah, yeah you're right. That's true. Yeah, there wasn't an ostentatious display of crosses. But yeah, we get in there 
and I'd say at their most full, they still didn't fill half the seats. Oh, for sure. I think the last time we went was probably the most populated, and that was maybe 20. I think I counted like 30 people. Oh, okay. And it's more than I But thought. it could clearly seat. Over 100, yeah. Right. And on a Sunday service, they are also singing the hymns. Mm-hmm. And they have a very funny way of handling hymns. It, I always take interest in this because I was raised in the Assemblies of God Church where they would just kind of pick and choose certain verses and kind of hop around. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the Methodist Church where it's like a Methodist thing. You always sing every single verse oh, of a song. Okay. You know, don't do it unless you're going to do it right. All right. But Christian scientists, they take it up to 11. They, <laughs> they have the person like leading the service read every single line of the first verse. Uh-huh. And, the, and then maybe some other verses, but not always. Not, yeah, that's true. That's a little inconsistent. But then they'll play the music for you beforehand, so mm-hmm. you get a feel for the music. Then we all sing together. Right. The movements, too. Like, it's like, she'll read verses one and three. Then they'll play 16 bars. Then we will stand, not before, yeah. not after. Then we will sing. Yeah, and when you say, let us all stand and sing, I start to stand. You I know. know. <laughs> I picked up on this, but you still, for a little bit, you'd be like, oh, we're standing up. Oh. I, I was kind of having fun with it after a while, <laughs> oh, okay. but she'd say, let us stand, and I'd stand up, and everyone would still be sitting down, and I'd look around awkwardly, and I'd sit back down. <laughs> it was kind of fun after said, a while. let us stand. <laughs> Thought I'd teach him a lesson, but <laughs> so all of the hymns, virtually all, are written by Mary Baker Eddy. No, there was a combination, but I was wondering if we were exposed to any language in that service that postdated like 1910, because uh-huh. yeah, it seemed like all the hymns were very old, mm-hmm. and their wording and their use of uh, phrasing was very old. The King James Bible was very old, and of course, Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures. Is also very old. When was that one published? Uh, 1875. Okay. Four years before she discovered and founded the religion itself, uh, Christian, Christian science. science. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they would say that Christian science is almost redundant because Christ is science and science is Christ. I know what you're thinking, too. You're wondering, oh, how do they define science? Science reveals life as not being at the mercy of death. Nor will science admit that happiness is ever the score of circumstance. Error is not real. Hence, it is not more imperative as it hastens toward self-destruction. Immortal mind is the only cause. Therefore, disease is neither a cause nor an effect. Mind, in every case, is the eternal God, good. Turns out it's a perfect homophone for the science we all know and love. Oh, I see. Yes. <laughs> <It's>, you... <laughs> it sounds the same. It looks the same. It's pronounced the same. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it does not mean what you think. It's like a Nigu Montoy. You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Yeah, it's science from the roots. Sigh, your old friend Sigh, and ants, the tiny creatures on the ground. Yeah, it turns out that science just happens to be realizing that the material world is illusory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now this gets a little confusing because science, as it's used in the vernacular, Mm -hmm. is more of the study of things in the material world. (laughs) Right. And finding ways to... that's pretty much all it is. ...arrive at truth about how they work. Yeah. Right. (laughs) 
but no, apparently uh, science in this context is just whatever Mary Baker Eddy came to as mm-hmm. a, a conclusion as she was reading the scriptures and writing her own. Here's the credit I'll give them, though. Okay. I think what they're trying to go for is that while other religions just talk about your emotional and spiritual life, we're trying to blend those things because mm. we do actually deal with healing and sickness and blah 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 even if we do it in a weird way okay now i think that's kind of what they mean by science i know it's a stretch i was even waiting for them to like make the point like oh this is it was a hard study it took her a long time to arrive at these truths no no Uh it's just this is science right like me saying like Oh, it took a while to re- to learn the science of playwriting or the science of animation. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. The but science, no. yeah. So in this one, the first one that we went to, it there were very few people there. Mm-hmm. And in that one, there were maybe like eight, nine people. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty empty. They Virtually were cl- all much, much older. Yeah, clearly they were all regular members. They'd all been there before. So but we- don't you think like three quarters were over 70 that sounds about right. Okay. The general milieu is skewed older and female. Yeah, uh, for sure. And and they were dressed nicely. I came in a suit the first time and you're wearing a dress. So we dressed and up. And we got told that we looked sharp yeah. and put together. Yeah, because we looked at pictures on their website and it, mm-hmm. it was ranging everywhere from nice casual uh-huh. up to like full suit. So thought, right. let's come in looking sharp. Nice, good Just work. in case. And up at the front, there's always people leading the service, but they're not like pastors. They don't deliver a sermon or mm-hmm. anything. All you do is the hymnal singing and then reading from the scriptures and the key to the scriptures. Right. The correlative passages. Right. Which at first sounded wrong to me. I was expecting correlative, but yeah, they're right. Yeah, that's funny. I've always pronounced it correlative. Okay. Uh, I, now I just think of correlative Right. <laughs> You're right. They're not really interjecting themselves. Right uh, at all. So you know that all across the nation and uh, the world for the small population of Christian scientists outside the U.S., they are reading from the exact same booklets. Mm-hmm. Everybody's picking it out of their pew, following on the same page, and they've been studying it for the week previous. Right. So the booklet is these teachings for, I think it goes for a whole like season. Mm-hmm. Quarter yeah, of the year. Yeah, that sounds right. And so there's a different lesson every week, and they're called things like mind, soul, spirit, body. body. Yeah, and it's uh, always just this one word thing. Almost always. I, I, I looked ahead of this, <gasps> and some of them were sentences. Oh, hey, okay. But we're definitely in the word part of it. But it's right always now. the same structure. And it's funny because they're very specific with exactly like how much you're supposed to read. So it'll be like right. 1825 to the second semicolon. Right. Yeah. It'll actually give instructions like that. Yeah. And so they'll read exactly what they're supposed to read and they'll read it very slowly. Mm-hmm. They they use that kind of haunting voice <laughs> almost. Not quite like the Aethereus Society. Society. Right. Where they would have the d- said it like this. <laughs> they, they turned the drama down just a little bit, sure. but still it had that kind of deliberate pause. And so uh, in times that we were supposed to read along with them, mm-hmm. it would be very easy to shoot ahead and like, uh-huh. you know, say the next word in a sentence. Uh-huh. Instead, they would insert this dramatic pause and then 
you'd be like an idiot saying it before they did. Did you, you know, at every service you say the Lord's Prayer. And yes. did you hear at that one service, that guy behind us who was saying everything as if he were instructing a small child? No. There was this one guy who was like, our father who art in heaven, <laughs> hallowed be thy name. Oh, thy it- kingdom come. He's <laughs> like, why are you doing that? It's so funny how everybody like creates their own version of Jesus. They certainly do. And mm-hmm. they all create their own version of the Lord's Prayer, it mm-hmm. seems. And so sure enough, there was like a version of the Lord's Prayer where they would interject with Mary Baker Eddy's commentary after each line of the Lord's Prayer. Oh, right, right, right. They would have her like redefining it. Explaining it for you. Our Father, which art in heaven. Our Father, Mother God, all harmonious. Hallowed be thy name. Adorable one. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom is come. Thou art ever present. (laughs) Well, we could stop there, but you get it. There's this little commentary on each line. Right. Some of which you're like, I don't need this explanation. And some of which you're like, that's not what it says. And there's also singing. Yeah. Lovely, lovely singing. Yeah. This one woman who we'll call Kelly, who usually leads the services. And then there's also a woman who often sings, who has like a gorgeous voice. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to bet that she is like a stage actress oh, and does uh-huh. singing and plays because uh-huh. she has that kind of stage presence and uh-huh. singing style. Could see that. And so I think this is just great practice for her. Could and be. yeah, she just really gets into it, and her her mouth is quivering. She makes a crazy face when she starts to sing words. Like she, as she prepares, her eyes get really big, and I, I don't know quite how to describe it. Oh my lord! Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very evocative. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. She's this pretty young woman, like Mm -hmm. maybe early 30s. And at one point, I confused her with another woman you were talking about who's in her 60s. And you're describing her. And I was like, she's in her 60s? And I just had this crazy like mind shift And I knew what you were doing. And I was like, how do I remind her about this other woman? (laughs) And I didn't remember her. So uh, yeah, I think all the times we've gone, they've all been led by women. Oh, yeah. The organist is a man. The organist is a man. That's true. And the hymns are those kinds of hymns where you feel like someone just realized like, oh, I can put notes after each other. And as long as it kind of goes up and down, mm-hmm. then I've written a song. There was, uh, the, especially the last time we went, there was one hymn where like no one could get it together <laughs> because it was just so all over the place. It was just like, this isn't melodic in any way. <laughs> But we're all just trying our best. And then the piano doesn't help because it's just like, ding, dong, ding, mm. ding, dong. And we're like, this doesn't help anything <laughs> at all. So you just kind of plod your way along. And mm-hmm. it would sound horrible if they horrible. cut off the organ all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then we'd just be making up, you know, <laughs> the, the Lord of the Earth. The, the Earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know something I really like about uh, Christian Science Church is that people clap after the solos. Yes, yeah, it's nice. I know because there was that momentary pause, like, "Oh no, are, are we going to clap for?" Because we, we really should. Clap? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, we've been to churches where you don't. You right. just sit there in stone silence. I agree. That is yeah. a good point. So afterwards, again, they descended upon us and immediately wanted to know, hey, where are you from? Where are you from? Are you local? Did you grow up in Christian science? Yeah, that's the other thing they want. Because they assume you're there because... You grew up in Christian science. Right. You are a survivor. It's not an evangelical group, Mm -hmm. uh, which you know we asked point blank. And and sure enough, they don't try to share or spread the gospel. They don't have missionaries, Mm -hmm. nothing like that. And it seems like I got the impression that they thought it was weird that anyone else would even be interested 
in, oh, uh-huh. in their scientific outlook on the world. I don't know if I thought they thought that far. I just felt like it's just unusual for them to get visitors who well if they want visitors they should stop like treating them like you shouldn't be here (laughs) because you weren't raised in christian science (laughs) i didn't feel that way i kind of got that vibe like uh, from a few people not everybody Uh why why would you come here here. Uh you're not one of us Uh uh-huh yeah and they would ask us oh what's your normal church and oh well we don't have one we just Thought it'd be that fun to come. Up. Oh, wow. Well, that, that's great. That's okay, right? That's and great. boy, got to say, they are generous with the literature. Yeah, yeah. So they just kept shoving periodicals and printed books at us. Yeah. We talked to one woman after that first Sunday meeting, uh, who I'll call Trixie. <laughs> Trixie, all right. (laughs) She was really nice. She talked to us at length about how she grew up in Christian science. Yeah, and she would veer off into just normal conversation. We'd be talking about Mm -hmm. like the town where she lived and later on like- Horses, how much she loves horses. She She was asking us about stuff related to my work. And Mm -hmm. and then I'd have this weird thought like, oh, she's talking to us about normal stuff now. Oh. (laughs) I can talk to her normally. And Uh and it would be kind of a weird transition for me because I had so had my mind in trying to understand Christian science. Right. But yeah, very- very sweet woman, had a background in journalism. Yeah, she had hosted a public radio show. Yeah, and she was uh, just really excited to talk to us and answer our questions. So, yeah, we, we could have talked to her. I'm trying to remember, did we ask her any, like, theological questions? We did. I know we did, but yeah, I can't think of what they were. They were reinforcing a lot of the points that we've already discussed. Uh-huh. Yeah, a, a lot of the questions would be met with non-specificity. Every answer leaves you with two more questions. Right. But also, I feel like... This is so hard to describe. It's a feeling I also get, and I don't mean this necessarily as a criticism, but I also get it in like sort of new agey spiritual places where like Mm. you ask a question and they're not necessarily skirting the answer. They're more just like, oh, it's funny that you have that question. Mm. If you could just get to the emotional place I'm in. You wouldn't have that question. Right. And it's like, okay, that's great, but I can't just adopt your mind. And they've all gotten, I think, really comfortable with these complete contradictions. Uh Uh-huh. And they don't bother them anymore. Right. And so I think they're vaguely cognizant of the fact that it's going to bother the outsider and that we're not grokking it. All they can do is recourse to just kind of repeating the contradiction and smiling at you like, Uh yeah, see, that's good enough for me. You happy now? Uh Uh-huh. Ross. I think we should talk about the best week of the year that is coming up oh so soon. Could that be the pledge drive? It's Max Fun Week. It is the last two weeks of March, and they're the best time of the year to support your favorite podcasts. So beginning March 16th, we'll be pulling out all the stops, producing our best shows with juicy topics and amazing guests across all the shows and offering exclusive thank you gifts to entice you to become a new or upgrading member of MaximumFun.org. The Maximum Fun Drive starts March 16th and only runs for two weeks. It's the most exciting time of the year on Ono, Ross, and Carrie. Don't miss it. If you goddamn miss it, I'm going to be so mad at all of you. So yeah, yeah, everyone who says, oh, I wish you produced uh, episodes more. More often. Here you go. You're getting, yeah, well, you're getting an extra one in March. You're getting an extra one, and it's a good opportunity to give us more support so that maybe we can. And you get all these great bonuses, and yeah. It's a good time, and it's coming up. Coming soon. And speaking of Maximum Fun, you know what I would love to hear? Maybe another show? Yeah! 
Brian, spring is sprung. Spring is sprung, which means throwing shade is here. We are. It's here every season. We've been here every season, but now we're here again. If you don't know what we do, we take a look at lady issues and gay issues, and we treat them with much less respect than they deserve, and we do it every week. It's politics, it's comedy, it's absurdity, it's... um, A lot of hairstyles. Oh, so many hairstyles. Absolutely. Just in your head, picture people with a bunch of wigs on, talking smack, and smoking dope. Shade. That's one of my favorite shows. Brian and Aaron are so fun. They are. I think theirs is my favorite podcast besides ours. I mean, and I mean in the world. Whoa. Yeah. It's also very well edited. There's a lot of podcasts in the world. Hmm. So, Ross, is it? That's me. Before we get to our last trip. Yeah. Our most recent trip. Not our last ever, but our most recent trip to the mm-hmm. Christian Science Church. Let's swing back for a second and hear about Mary Baker Eddy. You're not going to believe this. She's actually the discoverer and founderer. And founder? Yes, of Christian science. That's impressive. She discovered it and she foundered it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Who was this woman starting her own religion? She was a poor little soul. Rumor has it that when she was a kid, she had like a really bad relationship with her dad, Mm -hmm. maybe sort of quasi abusive. Okay. So she would, to try to like get his attention and love, would go into these sick fits. Oh, right. Yes. And so it appears, and who knows, but it appears that she kind of got addicted to the idea of being sick or sort of like obsessed with it, you know? All right. Being able to use that as a form of control over other Uh people. Right. Okay. Other biographers have wondered if she was a hypochondriac. Mm. So, you know, those are two obviously related concepts. Yeah, but kind of a different approach to the same thing. Yeah, so hard to know. But obviously, sickness became a real focus in her life either way. Mm. As she became an adult, some horrible things happened to her. Yeah. In, in one decade, her brother Albert died of a kidney infection. Her husband, George, died of yellow fever. Her mother died, I don't know from what, and then her new fiancé died three weeks after her mom. Oh, man. Can you imagine? Oh, jeez. But here's my favorite thing about Mary Baker Eddy. Okay. She had a cousin named <laughs> Mahedible Huntoon. <laughs> <laughs> Mahedible? Huntoon? Ma- Mahitable Huntoon. Mahitable Huntoon. So anyway, as she grew up, she started getting interested in different kinds of of healing and different kinds of spirituality. Mm -hmm. She started getting interested in this one guy's teachings. His name was Phineas Phineas Quimby. Quimby. So I keep hearing that in my head. Phineas Quimby. Oh, like Mayor Quimby. Yes. Uh, it could be like a mashup of Phineas Gage and Mayor Quimby. Oh, interesting. So Mayor Quimby with a spike with through a his head. With a rod through his head. It's a good thing he wasn't a Christian scientist. You only think. <laughs> There's a rod through your head. <laughs> you need to realize. We're not going to cut off the uh, odd ends of that. We're you need to realize that there. God does not send rods through one's head. You know what else God doesn't do? Let people speed in donuts in the parking lot of a church. We were- oh, yes, that's right. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. In some of our materials that they gave us, there were a bunch of healing testimonies. And one was by this guy. They collect these ad nauseum. So uh, right. Christian scientists all the time write in any little healing story that they have, and then they collate it, collect it. And some of which are like really grand claims, but mm-hmm. most of which are like this one, which was... 
I was at Christian Science Church after the service. Some guys sped through our parking lot, did a bunch of donuts. And, and I came out and I was all upset about this. And, and there were grooves in the floor. He thinks there was. Right. I mean, it's a material world. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why these people even wear clothes. Anyways, so he's walking back and all of a sudden he notices that his leg is hurting. Right. And then he realizes, oh, it's just because I was upset about these other people who are perfect spiritual ideas of God. And if I remember that the speeder was actually perfect, then I will be healed. And he was. It's not like the speeder ran into his leg or anything. There's nope. no connection between no. the two events, except that they were correlative. They were, yeah. <laughs> they happened near each other. And some of them also will say, like, 34 years ago, I was pregnant. And I'm like, okay, wait, hold on. I don't know if I trust your 34-year-old story that you know exactly what happened. Right, right. It's so funny because they're so willing to throw out all cause and effect in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, I got this disease because I I touched the doorknob and then I rubbed my nose. Yeah, yeah. They don't believe in germ theory. And yet they're willing to say, oh, my leg appears to be in pain because I got angry at the guy driving right. in our parking yeah, lot. Yeah, good point. Uh, but Mary Baccaretti, the discoverer and founder <laughs> of Christian science. Oh, yeah, right. Now I remember. So she was a fan of Phineas Quimby. He was this like kind of spiritual... Mesmerist, he was known as. Yes. So he kind of believed in sort of a version of hypnotherapy. Right. But it also had kind of hints of the law of attraction, the sort of idea that like if you think the right thoughts, good things will come to you. If you think bad thoughts, bad things will right. be attracted to you. Spirit Spiritual methods of healing. She had read a lot of his work and then actually met him, and mm-hmm. he did a lot of work with her. Mm-hmm. So definite connection. No question about that. Now, I I wrote a little list here of the things that differentiate Eddie and Quimby. Hmm. So she was more religious and he was more like a spiritual figure. They both believed all diseases originate in the mind. Eddie suddenly got sick to escape her possibly abusive dad. Quimby healed his own tooth rot through horseback riding. Okay. Like you do. His teeth were rotting out of his head. So he rode horses, and then he got so happy that his teeth healed up. Next time, just brush him. (laughs) It's also a good call. Quimby's son actually ended up disavowing Christian science. So after Quimby died, Hmm. and people were accusing Mary Baker Eddy of plagiarizing Quimby because they were so similar. Taking big chunks of his writing and ideas and just making science and health with key to the scriptures based on that template. Which does seem to have some uh, legitimacy, that Mm -hmm. that idea. But Quimby's son was like, no, do not accuse her of plagiarism because I would hate to have my dad's name dragged through the mud that way. He was not a Christian scientist. So kind of a backhanded compliment sort of situation. This is kind of a funny little thing about timing, Ross. A month after Quimby died was the very day that Mary Baker Eddy fell and injured her spine on a city street, got healed, and discovered Christian science. Ooh, coincidence. But she was well three days later, she Mm -hmm. says, and that's how she discovered Christian science. Now here's a little uh, 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 bug in the works. Okay. Someone dug up that she filed a lawsuit against the city six months later, saying she was still suffering from her injury. Mm, Mm, Mary. Suspicious. But here's my favorite Mary Baker Eddy quote I've found so far. It is plain that God does not employ drugs or hygiene, nor provide them for human use. Nor hygiene! 
Don't even wash your armpits, Ross. God does not want it, which contradicts Poop Lady, who we'll talk about uh, in a minute. Everyone should look forward to P.L., poop the Poop Lady. Ugh. Something to look forward to. She did say that that you could get vaccines, though. Did you know this? Really? Yeah. This is really strange. This is uh, That make no sense. Yeah. And it also contradicts other things I've read just about how Christian science is practiced now. Like, mm-hmm. they're pretty anti-vaccine. Yeah. But she said... Uh, you can get vaccines, one, because if they're mandated by your area, you should follow the law. Fine. Okay. And two, because <laughs> this is so strange, because even though a vaccine would normally hurt you, it won't because you know that it's ineffective. So you are shielding yourself from its harm by knowing it does nothing. Whoa. Yeah. That's quite the mental backflip. Good job. But yeah, now they don't take vaccines and they're no. often like trying to get waivers from schools and stuff to not vaccinate their kids. So right. and I'm not sure how they square that. Ever since Mary Baker Eddy discovered and founded this religion, it and its practitioners have been in the news constantly for children dying, people yes. dying because they didn't seek medical care for easily preventable disease and injury. And some people have gone to jail for negligent murder, I think it's technically called, for not getting their kids. Yeah, scary stuff. Someone told us that there was no shame in going to the doctor if that's what you decided to do, like the church still welcomes No judgment passed. I watched a documentary just today where they were interviewing a former Christian science nurse And she said that people are allowed to go see the doctor. They're not then like, you know, disowned by the church. But if you go see a doctor, you cannot go to a practitioner. Oh. And you cannot get the nursing service. So if you're sick in bed, that basically means none of your community will visit you anymore. Mm. I heard that a practitioner will still see you, but they'll pray on a very different level with Uh you. uh Because they they realize, oh, well, you don't have the level of faith needed to really efficate healing prayer. Mm -hmm. So like I'm praying for you instead of teaching you to pray yeah exactly like we're, we're you know, relying we're, on me we're, now we're not going to get some real spiritual healing because you're not in the spiritual place that you need to be right for real healing and you and i watched that documentary about that family yeah whose, whose son child died. died and yeah the the journalist asked the father do you think you didn't have enough faith and he said yeah like if right. jesus had been there my son would have lived and that's what we call blaming the victim yeah real really sad. sad anyway oh one other thing <laughs> mary baker eddie's Former secretary said she was lifelong addicted to morphine. Really? Yeah. All accounts say she continued to be sick all the time. Mm-hmm. She was a very sickly lady. Even and she th- died. And she died. Yeah. And every time we would read an account, we couldn't find out what How did she, she die? How did she die? I mean, she was almost 90. Right. So uh, that's a long life. But but since they don't really believe in death, it still, it still goes against some of their essential tenets. Right. Oh, we haven't even talked about that yet. No, they don't believe in death. You just appear to be dead. But we- anyway, go on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. That's kind of a big point. But yeah, she she passed away in 1910, and that's all we could find out. Uh, one of our listeners dug up that she died of pneumonia. That, yep. That's what the newspapers were saying the day after she died, the New York Times. Mm-hmm. And so he was able to dig up like the papers. And there was a really fun story connected to this, that one woman inside of the church, I guess she had been recently like excommunicated because she tried to lead a revolt. Anyway, she'd gone to the papers and said, Mary Baker Eddy is returning very soon. She's going to come back right. to life just as Jesus did. 
And and so then an official from the church said, no, 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 we don't know that. But yes, now you've alluded. But maybe. Yeah, but maybe. I won't rule it out. I mean, if she she came back right now, yeah, I want to throw her I'm still going to take credit if she does. Yeah. If she doesn't, then no. Yeah, don't get your hopes up. (laughs) Yeah. But did he clarify that he meant Mary Baker Eddy, the discoverer and founder of Christian Science? Yeah, he did. Oh, okay. okay, Because you can't really say, you know, peace be upon her. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's the same kind of thing where, like, you always have to reflexively say that. Sure. You're alluding to another important part. We kept hearing people say, a coworker of mine died, I mean, appeared to die. And then we'd hear someone else say, oh, so-and-so appeared to die. Appeared to die. Wait, what's all this appearing to die? Well, it turns out, Ross... That, I mean, if you can't have real sickness, you can't have real death, right? Right. That's just an illusion, too, because God doesn't make death. So it looks like you died, but you didn't. Something evil happens. Yeah, it looks like it's evil, but no, that's just uh, that's wrong thinking on your part. Right. Everything's actually perfect. It's totally uh, you like Pangloss from Candide. Uh-huh. We're in the best of all worlds. And, and one woman even said that to us. Well, you need to start from the starting point that God is perfect and he only creates perfection, Mm -hmm. and then you need to kind of work your way backwards and make everything else fit. Does it appear to be otherwise? Well, then you're just thinking about it incorrectly. And again, that immediately makes me think, well, what if I like something and you don't like something? So you have the churches, and usually either at the church or nearby, they will have a reading room. It's one of the requirements to found your church. Which makes me want to sing Reading Rainbow for some reason. Sure. Reading room. <laughs> doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't well, work. Does it? Not enough syllables. So. But yeah, to get a church in the area, you have to have a reading room nearby that's mm-hmm. open to the public, you know, six days a week or something. Right. And you have to have a practitioner associated with your church. The practitioner is their word for quasi-doctor. Right. And I guess that's a little looser now because there are only one half or less practitioners than there were... Mm-hmm. say 40 years ago. Right. Like our particular church didn't have a practitioner associated with it. But used to, did when it was founded. So I stopped by the, their Christian Science Reading Room, which was at a separate building, which is actually on the exact same block, same side as CFI Los Angeles. So Center I've, for Inquiry. So I've been by there all the time. And so before- That's where you and I met. Yeah, that's right. So before a meeting there, I stopped by the Christian Science Reading Room, came in. I immediately recognized an older African-American woman who had been at our service Mm -hmm. the previous Sunday. And so I said, hey, just want to ask you some questions. But she was on the phone. She said, oh, hold on. I'll be with you. So I looked around. They had kind of a shop up front where they were selling books, a lot of like books for kids. Of course, many copies of Mary Baker Eddy's writings. Uh, Then there was a separate room back behind the glass where you could go in and read. There was one other human being in that building. Okay. So he was in there just working on his laptop the whole time, never looked up, never smiled, nothing like Hmm. that. He was just doing his thing. So I went in there and that was lined with a bunch of books and they all look like these big, heavy almanacs, you know, like Encyclopedia Mm -hmm. Britannica kind of thing. But they were all these collections of people's letters of healing Mm -hmm. and they were labeled by year. And there were tons of them for the early 1900s and and then it like really petered out in more recent years. But I found the latest one I could find, which was 2012. Okay. And it was just the same thing that we saw in that other book. It was people writing in little things that had been healed. Of course, they don't collect the stories of things that don't get healed. Sure. It's all a 
counting the hits. And yeah. They collect them. And nobody's recovering amputated limbs, but what can you do? Another one of my favorite healings was someone literally telling us that she lost her key and found it in her pants. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's the caliber of stuff that yeah. people write in with. Quick, quick. I better write that in. Uh, then I read the Christian Science Monitor. And that was a big question in my mind. Like, what is the relationship of the Christian Science Monitor? You've all heard of yeah. it. It's a well-regarded journalistic outpost. And I've always outpost. wondered this. Yeah, right. Are, do the writers have to be Christian scientists? So right. turns out, no. No, not at all. They run it as a secular magazine, but she founded it in the early 1900s as a counter to all of the negative press she was getting from the major news outlets. Right. She's like, well, let's found one that, you know, also produces high quality news, but doesn't talk about me negatively. Right. And to their credit, like we looked at one, well, we looked at a few issues, but one issue was about vaccinations and it just outright said like, vaccinations curb measles and because people haven't been vaccinating their kids there's a big measles outbreak like yeah. it was scientific and yeah. fine like a real scientific right right <laughs> uh, and then uh but at the end of every issue there is uh maybe a half page devoted to a christian science perspective on blank that but, was the one provision she'd made that mm -hmm. uh, we just want that one christian science outlook at the end of each issue so which yeah. is pretty smart like you're gonna make something totally secular that's just out there and respected and just sneak something in yeah that's pretty and they're pretty very brilliant. well respected they do great journalistic work so mm -hmm. go christian science monitor i always see christian science monitor book reviews oh interesting it's like i always see poll quotes from them. they're also known for movie reviews as well mm. like peter rayner writes mm. for the christian science monitor i'm pretty sure he's not a creation scientist Christian science. <laughs> oh man, I was talking to someone the other day and I said Christian Scientologist. Oh it's nice. So easy to confuse these uh, very similar sounding things. Yeah, so finally I see that she's off the phone and I'm done reading Christian Science Monitor. So I head out front. Uh, very sweet lady. Call her Denise. All right. Uh, so I just started asking her questions. Oh, how long have you been a Christian scientist? And, uh, she said she's been studying since the 50s. Wow. So she's got at least like 55 years of study under her belt. And so she was there studying her Bible. She had this big Bible with little tabs in it. And she had the booklet that we've been working through, the quarterly thing. So she's clearly studying up for the coming Sunday. She's also the one who would read the biblical passages that would then be responded to by the correlative passages from oh, right. Mary Baker Eddy's book. Anyway, so I got some really interesting information from talking to her. Now, I would find that I would ask her a question, and she would kind of guide it back to just describing that the material world is all a mist. Right. She that same thing. Like, uh, just join my mindset, and your question will go away. Right. So the one thing I kept trying to get at was, why? This is always one of my biggest questions. If this is the true message of the Bible, mm -hmm. what God was actually trying to communicate— why didn't he do a better job? Mm -hmm. And I didn't say it that way, but I, I was I was phrasing. Why did it. he let so many people misunderstand it? Yeah, and wh why did why did we have to wait until Mary Baker Eddy to fully understand the meaning? So she would say, "Well, uh, some people have gotten it. Clearly, many people are saved." But and then she'd go into saying the same thing again. So I'd say, "Well, but I mean, what about all the people in between then and now who missed out on all this great healing advice?" Mm -hmm. Oh well. We live in a in a world that is actually spiritual, and the, it's like okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay forget it. So I tried it like three times. Like, all right, uh, no more. And also, we talked about this. I don't know what they mean by saved because they don't believe in hell. 
Right. What does and that mean? and at first I think maybe she was just responding to that uh because oh, I'd use the, the word oh, okay. but later on we saw them use salvation. I don't yeah, know what that's so. supposed to even yeah, mean. Yeah, I don't know. And I think if we asked, you know, we mm. would just hear about matter. Right. Another piece of information I got from her was that Jesus is not the son of God in their beliefs. He's just, you know, another spiritual being, a spiritual idea. She kept using that phrase as well. Missed okay. was another phrase. I so would we her. all not be children of God then? Or do you just mean not like the special child of God? Right. Not oh, okay. The, okay. Yeah, which is kind of like Mormonism. And so right. we're, we're okay. all eternal beings. And Jesus was just, you know, uh, providing a lot of useful information. But he himself was not God. They're very much monotheists in that God is spirit and that there is only one spirit. Mm-hmm. And that we're all kind of expressions of it. Uh, they they took a quote from Mary Baker Eddy that seemed to back this up that anything we would describe as personality okay. isn't real because we can only have the perfect attributes of God. So things like being funny oh, right. would just be neutral. So they're not real. They're, you don't really have a personality. So I want to give you the label funny. Right. Or like punctual. I don't know. Yeah, something that's just sort of value neutral. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's all in my head. Right. So, I mean, that just seems like so sad. (laughs) What a a world. No one gets personalities. So the Holy Spirit is also out. And then she was kind of indicating, she's like putting her hand on the book and saying, but Jesus said that we would be sent a comforter. Mm -hmm. And of course, immediately I'm thinking of, oh, well, the Holy Spirit. People always interpret that, you know, I will send you a counselor, comforter, remind you of the things I've said. So it turns out, I asked like, wait, well, then who is the comforter? Is that Mary Baker Eddy? And she said, well, it's this book. And she's Uh... indicating science and health with key to the scriptures. (laughs) So there you go. That is the comforter comforter. that Jesus promised. It would come 1,800 some years later. Great. Always good on those really quick promises. Thanks, Jesus. I'm coming soon. I'll be right back, and I'm bringing a book. <laughs> Wait for it. It always sounds like he's talking to the current generation, but no, it's just metaphorical. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, there'll be many people down, but then they'll finally get that comforter he promised. <laughs> My wife the other night was cold, and I came by, and I put the book on her. I said, here you go. It's a comforter. She laughed. Good. She puts what up a with good me. Wife. <laughs> <laughs> I learned a lot of things from Denise, though. So I was just kind of testing out these ideas with her, and she was very good natured about it. But you could tell she was struggling with it as well. You know, mm-hmm. she was saying, "Oh yeah, well, this you know man came by the other day, and he was honking at me, and he like yelled something mean." But then I realized that he is also a spiritual idea, an expression of God, and so. He can't. Like, spirit cannot contradict spirit. Oh, right. And so she just talked herself out of the fact that he said something mean to her. Mm -hmm. Like, she even talked about ISIS for a while, you know, like these people who are uh, decapitating others. And she was saying, it's so horrible what they did to that man, referring to a recent death. But they didn't really. But, you know, they actually can't do that. And so, like, she was just (laughs) contradicting herself. And you could just see her kind of scrunching up her face and going, what do I do with this? Uh Uh, She was reading a passage, which we later learned was for the next Sunday, because we heard her read it in front of the church later. Uh, But she was reading about the Gadarene man who has legion inside of him, the demons. And so she she was saying, yeah, just like today, I'm reading about how Jesus came and he cast the evil spirit out of this man. Well, he helped him to realize that he did not have an evil spirit. (laughs) But then he... He cast it out and she kept saying the birds and then she caught herself and realized, oh wait, the pigs. He cast out this demon into a herd of pigs and they drowned themselves in the lake. 
But then she realized all of a sudden that this didn't match up with her theology that right. if this is isn't real if the demons aren't real well then these uh pigs who she doesn't believe have souls they can't have the wrong thinking right so why would the demon be able to jump into the pigs and drive them into the water uh-huh. so she just she would kind of like fade into silence and sort of stare blankly and choose to believe you weren't there <laughs> you're right, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> this guy is an illusion so she said yeah i have a hard time with that so every now and then you get these little like moments of honesty from one of them realizing that, yeah, it doesn't make sense, does it, mm-hmm. now that I'm explaining it to you? And that's okay. Yeah. Smile. Yeah. yeah it all feels very much like a battered wife. Like, no, mm. I saw your husband with this woman. No, you didn't. Okay. He wouldn't do no, that. I, but, he loves me. But like, I saw him. I know what here's, Ryan looks like. Here's a like, photo. He, yeah. Oh, that man looks a lot like my husband. That's not him. And yet this photo's not here. <laughs> right. Let's get burritos. I would often say many religions kind of present an imaginary problem and then offer a solution to it. Mm-hmm. But in this case, we're taking a real problem mm-hmm. and we're offering the imaginary solutions to it. And that's where it gets sad and dangerous. Yeah. My, my More fi- like Mary Baker Deadly. Oh, <laughs> snap. <laughs> One of my favorite all-time quotes is from the fiction author, Philip K. Dick, who wrote mm. like, the story Blade Runner's based on. Anyways, he said... As Philip K. Dick, the writer and discoverer of <laughs> To Android's Dream of Electric Sheep, said... Nicely done. Reality is that which, when you stop believing in it, doesn't go away. And I think they would not agree. I would love They'd to just say, what a dick. I would love to have that written in the silver letters that they put the quotes up in their churches because that is so what they are ignoring all of reality. Yeah. And they're saying that our idea of God is superior to anything that experience can present you. Right. But after that, we did go one more time to Sunday service. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much like the others, but. There was a wonderful song experience at it. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) as we mentioned, they'll read the song before they sing it. And so it was always Kelly who was leading. And she would read, in this case, the lyrics of the song were, We are walking. We are walking. We are walking. We are walking. We are walking walking in the light light of of God. I, I think we may have left out some we oh, are walking. Oh, totally. There. Yeah, yeah we're, we're saving you. We are praying. 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 We are praying in the, the light, light of, of God. God. And then we got to sing it. <laughs> no, but hold on. We are already laughing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm trying not to look, look at Carrie. Yeah. I'm, I'm like looking down to the ground. I'm like <laughs> s- and I can stifling see your a shoulders cough. shaking. And so I was, tr- I was trying not to laugh. And I got it together. Just <laughs> You did not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did not. Well, well it was worse because we started singing. Right. And then this was an unusual <laughs> hymn in that it like it spanned not two pages, but it went to like the third oh, and fourth right. page yeah. and we didn't realize that and right so- and there are codas which tell you go back to the beginning so we would do that but then like it was kind of a sneaky coda like you're supposed to flip a page and then go back to the so beginning. we are singing we are singing and then everybody else starts singing some other words and we don't see them at all <laughs> yeah. so we're scanning so the page reminds you of watermelon <laughs> but we got back there and then you realize like oh yeah you know this sounds fine as a as a song it's like this little light of mine you know it's just like oh this is repetitive right, but right. like with the tune it's fine but reading it reading it is doesn't ridiculous. hold up <laughs> i'm going to let it shine let, let it, it shine, shine. 
let, let it shine. It shine. <laughs> this little light of mine. Won't let Satan blow it out. Blow it out. <laughs> blow it out. <laughs> but worse. But so much worse. <laughs> That was awesome. But then we met P.O. Oh, my goodness. So we walk walk out there. We see now some friends that we've noticed before. Greet them, Trixie. And a a new woman comes to us, a younger lady. Yeah, a woman like about our age. What brings you here? Where are you from? Mm -hmm. Everybody's been asking us this. (laughs) We're from nearby. Yeah, and we said, oh, we haven't seen you before. And she said, oh, yeah, well, I do come here. You know, I hadn't been to church for a while, but now I'm back. And she's like, did you grow up in Christian science? Like expecting us to say yes. And we're like, no. And she's like, oh, wow, okay. And she really had that, well, why are you here then? Uh-huh, and a little like, confusion. Oh, well, you know, we read about it. We wanted to experience it firsthand. Right. Yeah, she said something like, well, let me know if there's anything I can help you with. And at this point, like, we'd been holding in these questions that just sounded too combative. But, like, mm. there's just no other way to phrase them. So I was like, you know what, let her rip. Let's try it. So I said to her, like, so, like, in the last, and this was true, in the last few days I've had, like, Really bad fatigue and headaches and a sore throat. And, you know, a few weeks ago, I would have just said, like, I'm sick. But I'm wondering what, like, your interpretation of that would be, like, do you not believe in germs? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I saw this look cross her face, this sort of, like, okay, that could just be you asking a sincere question or you could be challenging mm. me, you know. Or you're the gotcha media. Right. Well, I mean, you should practice basic hygiene, right? You shouldn't just pee on the floor. She, now, she chose to say this. Yeah. And I'm detecting just a whiff of fecal matter floating upon the air. <laughs> and so there's people walking by. And so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like adjusting my nose to think, is it that guy who walked by? Okay, no, it's not going away. It's not me. It's not Carrie. Oh, it's the lady we're talking to. She- I don't smell this at all. You're closer to her. Yeah. I'll just hold it and I, I have a sensitive nose for this sort of thing, but I'm smelling poop. Okay. <laughs> it's so really she's uncomfortable. like, don't pee on the floor. And then she, and, and I'm like, and right, I- okay. Cause, yeah, that's gross. And then she's like, but yeah, I mean, we would say that the idea of germs, like that's material world and the material world doesn't exist. And so there's this long pause and then I'm like, so why not pee on the floor? <laughs> right. And she's like, because it's gross. <laughs> oh, okay. Then I asked her about parasites. Well, what about like, you know, an actual worm living in your body? Right. And she's like, oh, well, certainly you want to avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's really funny. In a few of these places, they'll be like, okay, you and I both understand that that would be ridiculous. But here's this other thing that's equally <laughs> ridiculous and see how that makes sense. Right, right. Oh, no, I don't know how to know which ones to react to. When I was talking to Denise, I'd ask, you know, if we forsake other pieces of the material world, then why do we build these buildings? Why do we wear mm, clothes? Mm-hmm. Why do we wear deodorant? And she said, oh, well, you know, we're not we're not at that stage where we can, like, go without eating food. And I said, but you believe that's possible, that someone could live without any food? And she said, oh, absolutely. Mm. So she's in yeah. with the breatharians. Those are words I can say. Mm-hmm. So she, then, <laughs> she invited us to lunch with her. <laughs> she invited us to brunch. Uh, and I already know you and I already had lunch planned. So I was like, oh. And I looked at you and you were like, I got to get back. And, uh, and I'm Which like, I felt oh. horrible because I really don't like to lie about things like sure. that. I almost never do in life. But I didn't want to smell her anymore. So I was like, oh, Ross has a little boy. And she's like, oh, that's cool. And then we leave. And then you said, <laughs> you said to me. I felt really bad about not going to brunch with her, but she smelled like poo. (laughs) (laughs) And 
I hadn't smelled her at all, so it was just a delightful little surprise. Yeah, so I was very uncomfortable with that lie, and then I wanted to make sure we ate somewhere where we wouldn't accidentally run into into her and Kelly. So we went to House of Lies. (laughs) 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 Uh, Just kidding. We went to a place called House of Pies. House of Pies, yes. yes. That's the joke there. Mm -hmm. Joke we could enjoy far before you could all enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed it in retrospect. Oh, and I also tried to get in touch with a practitioner. Oh, yeah. Because I, because I was feeling sick. The guy that I emailed off of the Christian Science website would email me back and then be like, oh, uh, you know, phone calls are better. Let me get back to you about when I can schedule a phone call. And then I wouldn't hear from him. And then at like 8 a.m., he'd send an email saying, can you talk right now? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't get that until, you know, 9 or whatever. Uh-huh. And then... uh be like, oh, sorry, I missed this, uh, and then not hear from him for six hours, and then get an email, can you talk now? And I'd be in class. You know, and I was like, could we set something up? Maybe? Right, Like, right. instead of just immediate emails talking, asking me to talk right now. So anyway, never saw him, got better. But a Christian science practitioner visit or call is only like $20 as opposed to seeing your doctor. Yeah. Very cheap. However, it turns out health insurance won't cover it. Weird. Oh, they've been, yeah, working really hard to get various health providers to cover that. Right. But you know what does cover it? Medicare. Really? Yeah. Christian science uh, nursing and practitioners. Medicare. That, yeah. You cut um, that out. Well, I was thinking about this. I feel like I would be okay with it, with the nursing, if it fell under hospice care. Mm. Like, if you're six months from death and you just want to, like, lay in a nice place and have nice people talk to you and you choose not to take, like, pain relievers, eh, fine, I want, mm-hmm. I want Medicare to cover that. But, yeah, when they treat it as, like, proactive medical care. Right. And I've heard a lot of people complain sketchy. That by having it be so cheap compared to actual medical care, Mm -hmm. that a lot of poor people will, Mm -hmm. you know, use that instead. Sure. Though, I don't know what would be the solution. You should charge more for that Christian science (laughs) healing. Right. Or just not do it. So, Ross, before we get to our ratings, I wanted to tell you about a very special sponsor. Oh. Who sponsored this here very episode, you see. We think you should know. The Oh No, Ross and Carrie is supported by Warby Parker, a new concept in eyewear. Glasses shouldn't cost as much as an iPhone. They are fashion-forward prescription glasses that start at $95, including your lenses, which are very important parts of your glasses. (laughs) Yeah, don't forget that. With their home try-on program, you can order five pairs of glasses shipped directly to your home, try them on, select your frames, and send them back free with no obligation to purchase. And I know what you're thinking. What's the point of that? Well, then you go and you buy them after that. Right, because you've tried them on. You've and tried them like, on. And oh, I you're like, like these. oh, I look really good in these ones, but not these ones. But yes, these ones. No, these ones. And then you put them on Facebook, and then all your friends argue over it. And you're like, I don't know which frames to goddamn get. And then you end up ordering a different one because you're just overwhelmed. That's uh, that's coming from experience because we yeah. both did that. We tried the home try-on kit. It sparked spirited debates on both of our pages. Mm-hmm. In fact, you, you had kind of like a random random number generator going yeah three no one, one was two four yeah. one yeah five five yeah, it was three a mess. one <laughs> four very unhelpful oh you can also get prescription polarized sunglasses for 150 dollars. and if you go to warbyparker.com slash oh no what will you get ross free three-day shipping on your final frame choice 
That's warbyparker.com slash oh no, O-H-N-O. O-H-N-O. Not like the fish, the oh no. Or Yoko. No, don't do that. Don't do that. O-H-N-O. O-H-N-O. Oh, and Ross. Yeah. One other thing. Yeah. Don't forget. Yeah. Max Fun Week coming yeah. up. That's right. So Holla. next episode in mid-March. So get ready for that. Get your pocketbook ready. Does anyone still carry those? No. But if you have one, <laughs> get it ready because uh, there's going to be bonus content. We're going to have an extra episode. Yes, that- there will be three episodes this month Only if you're a member. subscribers will get that extra episode. Right. So everyone gets... Your, you know, March 1 episode. That's this year one right here. There will be a mid-month episode, and then there will be a bonus just for members. Whoa! We're going to collect a bunch of our bloopers, the things that we typically cut out of the show. Mm-hmm. We'll get be to- in the show. Yeah, we get to hear all the idiotic things that we say. There's going to be a lot of my dog farting, I'm pretty sure. Who wouldn't want that? That is worth that is worth your money. So, Ross. Yes? Looking back on Christian science... What would you give it on a pseudoscience rating where one is something... Ten. Okay. (laughs) I I think I would too. Moving on. Go ahead. Give it a ten. This is the worst offender I have ever seen in terms of pseudoscience because you are ignoring all of reality itself. Right. Science is predicated on the one philosophical assumption that the universe is not lying to us or trying to intentionally deceive us, but that is apparently what is going on. Yeah, I'm tempted to to give it a zero or a ten because it's almost like, oh, you're not even referring to the very idea. But no, they put it in the name, so I have to choose (laughs) ten. The classic insult, not even wrong. Right, (laughs) right. <laughs> I think Mary Baker already said, oh, science, that's respectable. Mm-hmm. That's on the way up. That's doing things. Sure. I want that respectability. Yoink. Yep, that sounds right. What would you then give it on a uh, pocket drainer value? Where one is something eh, not so pocket draining, like you get a bunch of free literature handed to you and I uh, don't pay a dime. Then a 10 is something incredibly pocket draining, like uh, they st- somehow get your credit card number and they start mailing you a new piece of literature every week and $50 is deducted from your credit card and you like call the company you're saying please take me off of this thing stop these payments but you just keep getting charged and then it goes up five dollars more each month it's really specific uh one not expensive i imagine if you're a member you start tithing but we were not pressured to give it all. We gave like a couple dollars every Sunday. Ditto. They gave us all kinds of stuff like a blue shiny book all for free. You would love that shiny cover. You know, there's not too many <laughs> shiny books. I have I have like three shiny books that stands out on my bookshelf, which is I'm sure what they were going for. Very, sure. very effective. So you give it a one also? Yeah, so? one. Okay, yes. Cool. What would you give it on a creepiness rating where one is something just not creepy, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, building a bookcase. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then 10 something incredibly creepy, like waking up in the middle of the night, you're alone in your bed, your wife has disappeared, and surrounding your bed are like humanoid robots, and they're just very slowly pouring liquid plastic on your body. Oh, that's horrible. I'm going to give this eight on creepiness oh, wow. rating. Okay. Denise told me this one story about Mary Baker Eddy bringing this man back to life after he fell down the stairs oh, huh. and then asking him, oh, well, what were you thinking? Oh, well, I was just going on with my business. I think it's super creepy and people die as a sure. result. So, but Yeah, I don't feel creeped out. 
Okay. I, yeah, I don't feel creeped out. I mean, maybe like a one. I mean, the forcible denial is like a little weird. Mm-hmm. People would actually say at meetings, you know, my friend died and then I chose not to believe that she died. And then you just are like, oh. So, if then, you, you know, want, I can't really call that creepy. Like that a group of people are walking around totally convinced of this it creeps me out. Yeah, no, fair enough. Okay. It's uh, definitely an internal thing, the old creep factor. Yeah, sure. What would you then give Christian Science on a danger rating where one is not very dangerous at all, like getting a vaccine for the measles? Oh, right. I just did that. Whereas a 10 is something incredibly dangerous, like going to a measles party when you haven't been vaccinated. Okay, that's pretty dangerous. And I would like to share that I had to get an MMR booster because sometimes those run out and everyone should get their blood tested as an adult. Good call. Uh, 15, 20, 100. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like yeah. it's as dangerous as it gets. On that same thing with the nurse that I was telling you about, she said that she was disciplined for giving someone the Heimlich maneuver. She yeah. probably saved his life. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's uh, pretty bad. Solid 10. Yeah, you can't get any more dangerous than this. I mean, I guess you could be a slightly more active about it. Sure, going like sticking around. sticking someone in a sweat lodge at 300 degrees, just like you're going to die today. Right. So it's a little more of a slow killer, <laughs> but right. it's... It's a passive killer. Right. So, Ross, what was your favorite moment? I'm still going to say it was that him that just <laughs> made me laugh and laugh and laugh. Yeah, that's a good one. I was going to say that, but since you did, I'm going to pick my second favorite. Okay. Which was not realizing what was going on in your head at all, and then walking out with you and you saying, oh, God, I wanted to go to brunch with her, but she smelled like poo. (laughs) (laughs) What could I say? The delivery was just so (laughs) earnest, and it was so, like, thrown away, too. You weren't like, Carrie, you don't understand. She smelled like poo. You were just, like, almost to yourself, like, oh, but she smelled like poo. Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our producer and co-editor is Ian Kramer. And if you love this show, and why wouldn't you, you can support us by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate and choosing Ono, Ross, and Carrie as your favorite show. Please do make this whole show an endeavor possible. Also, go to Facebook.com forward slash OnRack. O-N-R-A-C, because we post pictures, we post interesting quotes and articles, Mm -hmm. and we talk to you there. Yeah. Get in on the fun. Do the thing. Be at the thing. Go with us to the thing. The Facebook page being the thing. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Hey. And And remember. remember, I'm going to read the entire first verse and the fourth and the second so that you can follow along. A little more challenging to change. We are walking in the light of God. We are walking the light of God. We are walking in the light of God. We are walking in the light of God. We are walking. We are walking. Oh, we are walking in the light of God. We are walking. We are walking. Oh, we are walking in the light of God. We are all God's children, expressions of one mind, living in the radiance of spirits all divine. Every heart and nation is answering the call to a true salvation, knowing God is all in all. We are praying in the light of God. 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 We are praying. We are praying. Oh, we are praying in the light of God. We are praying. 
We are praying, oh, we are praying in the light of God. Hey, this is Pop Rocket. We're your source for all pop culture information. It's an intellectual and incredibly snark-filled discussion about pop culture by five cranky Hollywood 30-somethings. No name-calling, no rudeness, just straight talk and a lot of role-play. I'm only 30-something for another year. Me too. And I don't (laughs) tell anybody I'm 30-something. Pop Rocket comes out every week from MaximumFun.org. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist-owned. Listener-supported.